The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. So Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What, have you, what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, 
so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. This is the third Sunday of Lent, and we're on the third uh, of our uh, thematic uh, preachings for this Lenten season that has to do with the book of Jabez that all of you have been given, and extra copies are available on the table uh, in the back. Um, The part that I'm going to try to develop for you this morning uh, is the fact that we have all been called to uh, go out and to find the people in our community and beyond that we can bring uh, into the lifeboat of uh, Peter's bark, uh, into the salvation of Jesus Christ Church, into our community. Um, where do we go? Who are the people that we're sent to? Where are we to go? It is absolutely amazing how the lectionary for our church that designates the readings for the various Sundays during the year, how they can be so timely and speak to us so powerfully and help us develop some themes that we thought we had developed, that we had thought up. But God's always way ahead of us, and his living word is always there to carry us through. This morning you heard Alex uh, pray Psalm 95 uh, over the the music, and you saw the words uh, up there. Psalm 95 uh, is one of the praise psalms in Scripture, and it is one of those psalms that were designated to be prayed as people came into Solomon's temple to worship. And as David wrote it, the words in that psalm originate from the angels in heaven who surround God's throne. And visit us to leave the mundane surroundings of the world in which we are exiled and come into the very presence of God. And so the, the first invitation uh, uh, of the psalm uh, that well, you, you saw flashed on the screen was come. Come to the Lord God who made you and created you and gives your life existence. And a second time it will repeat that phrase come. This psalm is so powerful that uh, uh, Thomas Cramden put it in the morning prayer uh, to be prayed in the morning prayer of the church so that we could start our day in the morning with that attitude of bringing ourselves into the very presence of God and allowing God to minister to us. It's called the venite, which is the Latin term venite adoremus, come Let us adore him. Thomas Cramden 
uh, anglicize that word and you will hear it referred to very often uh, in the Anglican version as vanity. Uh, with my uh, uh, Latin background, I avoid that term uh, aggressively because it brings up images of uh, very ugly shorty pajamas when I hear venite, uh, venite come into the presence of the Lord. The Lord is telling us to come. The angels are bidding us to come uh, into the presence uh, of God. That's the attitude that we have when we come to this place uh, on Sunday morning. Then the great missionary of the church, St. Paul, spoke to us. And the words that we heard him speak were actually written over 2,000 years ago to some converts from paganism in Greece. The people in the church of Corinth who had been raised up as pagans and had heard the gospel and had accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is challenging them to live fully into this new life that has been given them. And he said, you remember that in your old life, you used to worship uh, uh, speechless idols who could not even talk. But now you have been introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the living God. And he said, that transformation that was yours when you accept Jesus Christ has literally made you a new a new creation. You are new. You are not the old person. You are a new person that God has blessed and, who, and that God desires to use in his ministry. So he said, you have even been deputized to be ambassadors to him. Now that reading was one of the ones that were designated for today, but because of the length of the gospel, we chose not to read it but that citation is printed on the bulletin that you have here. It's from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and the verses are there. And I encourage you when you go home today to read over that and hear this deputation that you have been given because you are now ambassadors who have been equipped to represent the Lord Jesus Christ here in the world in which you live. And that's what brings us around to the gospel that Jesus lays out for us this morning. The woman at the well. The woman in Samaria. Jesus was a Jew. And Jesus had been in Jerusalem at the temple. And he was on his way back to his home port uh, in the Galilee where he had chosen to center his ministry. And instead of taking the regular paths that most Jews would take so that they could avoid any contact with the Samaritans, that day was going to be very, very different in Jesus' life. He's now drawing to the third year of his ministry. For the first two years as he made that trip, he did as was the Jewish custom and avoided going into Samaria. But today he had an appointment in Samaria. And it was not an accident that he came off of the highway and went through the mountains and into the village of Sikar and there encountered the woman at the well. 
This woman had an appointment that day that she was not aware of either. She thought she was coming to the well to get water for her household chores. That precious commodity in the Far East water that you cannot live without. And that water was simply an expression for her of the emptiness that was inside of her. The emptiness that was her life. And that craving for water that she had that brought her to the well long after the other women in the village had been there and gone where she could come in complete anonymity and not be the the butt of the jokes of the women of the village. And she could get that water. But she had an appointment with living water, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he told her things about herself that she did not think anybody knew. And that whole gospel unfolds for us in such a manner as to be for us an example of how the Lord wants to use us as his ambassador and to go out into the surrounding areas of this community and to find those that are lost, those who thirst for that living water that only Jesus Christ can bring to them and bring them into this place where that thirst can be quenched, that emptiness can be filled, and they too can become ambassadors to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that story will help us fulfill this third Sunday uh, as we talk about what it means to go out uh, after people. What Jesus did in the life of that woman, he also wants to do for us because we are called to go out. When we think about the things that God is inviting us to do, the first thing that comes to mind is resistance. We think of all the reasons why we are not the right person to go out and do that. Just can't picture myself being an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Never been trained to do that. I'm not equipped for that. That's not my way of doing things. I cannot do it. And Jesus is telling us that you can do it. If you can come into the Lord's presence as the angels bid you to do and be slowly and quietly equipped for this invitation. If you can think about what St. Paul had to say to the Corinthians and what he says to you this morning, that you are a new creation. You're not the old person with all those faults and failings that you remember so well, but you are a new creation. And God wants to use you in a powerful way to impact the lives of others. And so he calls you to go out. So where do you go? Where do you go to find the people that the Lord wants you to find? You do the same thing as he laid out in the story to the well. Where did he send the woman to go first? To her own family. To her husband, or at least the man she was living with who was not her husband. That's where he sent her. And he sent her there because she felt that she was unworthy of doing anything at all. She was a woman who had been terribly abused by this world, possibly by her own family, certainly by every man who had passed her from one to the other 
in these multiple marriages that she had had. And she felt like she was not a new creation at all. She felt like she was old and used up. Now, I don't know how any of you feel this day. I don't know what you have been through. I don't know what your experiences are. But none of them nullify you from being the new creation that the Lord Jesus Christ invites you to be this day. And he wants to use you, and he wants to use you to go, first of all, to your own family. To your family. The people who know you better than anybody else. Who know all of your faults and all of your failings and all of your shortcomings. The people before you can't pretend to be anything except what you are. With all your faults and failings. They know you. And so God does not send you there to try to pretend to be someone else. He sends you there to be who you are. And he doesn't send you there to beat them over the head with the gospel or to nag them with the gospel. He sends you to them to live the gospel in front of them. Just as he came to this earth to live the gospel that he preached and gave us the example And so that's what he calls us to do with your family. You don't go there to reason with them. You don't go there to try to convince them. What you do is simply live the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ before them. Because what you are is so loud and powerful before your family that they will never hear a word you speak. They want to see who Jesus is in your life. They want to see how you have been turned into a new creation. They want to see how the Lord Jesus Christ has enabled you to live with joy. They want to see that joy in your life. They want to see the example of what God has done for you. And you have to make sure that you are able to give that to them by living fully in the gospel that Jesus gives us. One of the things that Jabez prayed for in his request for uh, for a blessing was that he might be blessed by having his territory uh, enlarged. And I want you to know he wasn't asking uh, for any real estate He wasn't asking uh, for any uh, large accumulation of ownership of things. He wanted to, he was asking for the Lord to allow him to have the vision of how God can use him in the life of other people. And that's what we pray for in the prayer of Jabez, that the Lord would broaden our territory. Take away this narrow vision that we have where we are convinced of the handicaps and inadequacies that we have. Let us see the possibilities of what we can do if we put our own wills and our own thoughts and our own fears behind us and allow the Lord Jesus Christ to be reflected in our life. And the other thing that he asked for was that I not be a cause of pain for my families that I not be a cause of pain for my families. 
What more pain could you experience in your family than to see one of your loved ones, one of your parents, one of your siblings, one of your extended family members be lost to the kingdom of God? Because you did not take the initiative to live the gospel in front of them and encourage them and pray with them and lift them up and do what the Lord leads you to do in their presence. That's a pain that none of us can stand. That's the pain that we need to avoid. And we can only do that by accepting God's invitation for us to bring the gospel, first of all, to our families. Remember the old adage, charity, another word for love, begins at home. And that's what Jesus is telling us. We have to be the examples for our husbands for our wives, for our children, for our parents, for our cousins. That's what the woman did. She went back to get her husband. But when she got back in the village, the Lord had broadened her territory and let her see that it was more than that that she needed to share. She needed to tell the people that she probably hasn't spoken to in years in that village who would not even turn towards her if she spoke. But she put all that aside and she said, Come, the same invitation that the angels give in the, in the Venite. Come, let me introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ, who knows everything about me and has changed my life. Come. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do. We don't have to go out and search for people to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to. Every day he brings naturally across our path the people in our neighborhood, the lady across the street, the grouchy old guy that lives behind us, the people that we work with, the children that we see in the morning, the people in our neighborhood. We are encountering people all the time and just like our families we don't want to be the source of causing pain to any of their families either because Jesus Christ gave you and I the opportunity to change their life and for fear of embarrassment or whatever reason we fail to do so that's the invitation Jesus is giving us today that's the challenge that St. Paul gives to each of you this year for us to live in and to be prepared to go out and impact this world and bring the message of salvation to others. Jesus said, you may not see this happen in the life of the person that you plant the seed of salvation in, but it will come to fruition and it will be in the harvest because some people plant and never see the harvest and other people from time to time are blessed with seeing and experiencing a harvest that was planted years before some maybe by us or by someone else or whoever but God has the workmanship out there and all he asks is for us to be willing to step out in faith and participate in it Jesus never asks us about our abilities. He's not interested in your abilities. 
whatever he calls you to, he will give to you the ability to respond. What Jesus is interested in is your availability. And you're the only one that can promise that. This morning, dear Lord, help us to be available to you as we broaden our territories and keep from doing pain to our families or to anyone in your name. Amen.